Without further ado, it is time for... The Other Side of Midnight presents Denunciation. I really must announce a, a guy that I'm a big fan of, uh, New York Mets closer, Edwin Diaz. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. But Edwin Diaz injured himself. He injured his knee in the World Baseball Classic. Now, for starters... I think there's a big question as to whether or not when you're making millions of dollars playing for a team that's going to be a contender this year, if you should even be risking injury in playing in this World Baseball Classic, which is what, three years old? It's that much of a classic? It's three years old? What are you doing? How about you show something of an allegiance and something of a responsibility to the fans that pay your salary? Um. But this is so much worse because he didn't even get hurt playing in the World Baseball Classic. His team won, and he got hurt in the celebration. I mean, he didn't even get hurt playing in the game. In the, he got hurt celebrating Puerto Rico's victory. What? And this is so foolish. I mean, we are less than a month away from baseball season. The hopes of a lot of Met fans are riding on Edwin Diaz. And how about your mammoth salary, which a lot of people would be very grateful for? You know you know what I would do if I was an athlete making that kind of money when it was not baseball season? I would not do anything that would risk injury. I would sit home and stare at the wall, watch television. Watch the World Baseball Classic on television. What is he doing? What is he doing? And then if you have to play in it, I get it. Okay. Why are you jumping around and horsing around with your teammates like a lunatic? And I guess this is what they do when they win a championship. That's the thing. And that ought to change, too. This whole idea of players jumping on one another and roughhousing to celebrate winning the tournament quarterfinals. And the joke's on us. Because players that we're relying on as fans and that their teammates are relying on and they're mattered and the ownership that's paying them a lot of money is relying on, the joke's on us because as they're horsing around celebrating Puerto Rico's victory in the World Baseball Classic, we now don't have a closer. So Edwin Diaz, I do denounce you. I must also I must also denounce T C E. That is a, a shorter name for trichloroethylene. This is a common and widely used chemical. And for the past hundred years, it has been used to decaffeinate coffee, to, decaffe- uh, to degrease metal, and to dry clean clothes. And now, it looks like this could be fueling the rise of the world's fastest-growing brain condition, Parkinson's disease. So uh, it looks like exposure to this particular chemical, when it's in, uh, it can lead to congenital heart disease, miscarriage, cancer. That's been documented previously. But now, in a hypothesis paper published this week in the Journal of Parkinson's Disease, They show exposure to this chemical, TCE, a very common cleaning chemical, 
is linked to a 500% increased risk of Parkinson's disease. Now, that's pretty scary. That's not a slight uptick. That's a very scary correlation. Uh, So, uh, I don't know about you, but I would do whatever you can to stay away from TCE. I want to denounce Carrie Tolstead. She was a top executive at Wells Fargo. Now, we have covered for literally years, mostly in the denunciations portion of this program, the shenanigans that Wells Fargo has been up to for years. And evidently, Carrie Tolstead was part of, she was one of the ringleaders of these shenanigans. As the former head of retail banking at Wells Fargo, She has now pled guilty to a criminal charge of obstructing a bank examination with, um, and this is a 63-year-old woman, and from 2007 to September of 2016, Tolstead, and she's admitted this, say she was Wells Fargo's senior executive vice president of community banking. She was also head of the community bank which operated Wells Fargo's consumer and small business retail banking business. Her division managed many of the products that Wells Fargo sold to customers and small businesses. Checking accounts, savings accounts, CDs, debit cards, bills, bill pay, other products. And under her direction, the bank used, quote, excessive sales goals to encourage its employees to open millions of sham bank accounts and other financial products that were unauthorized or fraudulent. In the process, Wells Fargo collected millions of dollars in fees and interest. The bank had no entitlement to these funds and in turn harmed customers' credit ratings and unlawfully misused their sensitive personal information. And Carrie Tolstead was one of the ringleaders. Carrie Tolstead... I do denounce you. I must also denounce Congressman Andy Ogles. You know, Congressman Andy Ogles is so lucky that George Santos is in the same Congress that he's in. Because Congressman Andy Ogles has been found to be fabricating all sorts of stuff in his own life and his own career. But it pales in comparison to what George Santos did. So nobody is really talking about Andy Ogles. But what we learned about yesterday, what I learned about yesterday, was particularly egregious and particularly worthy of denouncing, denouncement, denunciation, I should say. Congressman Andy Ogles, Republican of Tennessee, appears to have pocketed $25,000 that he crowdfunded to build a memorial for his stillborn son. I mean, what kind of a miserable, no good, rotten human being do you have to be to raise money in the name of memorializing a stillborn child and then to put it in your pocket? Andy Ogles, that's who. An investigation by News News Channel 5 in Tennessee found that Ogles set up a GoFundMe in 2014 After his son was stillborn, Ogle said he wanted to build a garden where families could bury their stillborn children and sit on benches by the gravestones. Now, that's very nice. The GoFundMe raised almost $25,000, but the garden was never built. GoFundMe confirmed that Ogle's received the money, 
He declined to answer any questions about what happened to the funds. Hmm. Well, when he was asked, hey, in 2015, where's that garden? Basically, he said, well, burials are heavily regulated and we're not able to buy all the plots necessary to start the garden. So one donor sees the garden not being built and asks for a refund after Ogles refused to clarify what the money was being used for. And she was given a refund. Many other donors were not refunded, not given the option of a refund, and not so lucky. I have to denounce Gary Glitter. In addition to being a really perverted, sick reprobate, he also is just not too bright. Congress, uh, Gary Glitter, you know the rock star, you know rock and roll part one, rock and roll part two, and one of the big stars of the glam rock era. I actually love his music. Well, he went to prison for, among other things, being a, a pedophile. And just 38 days after this disgraced pop star was released from prison, the guy's 78 years old. Just seven, just 38 days after being released from prison, he was caught trying to access the dark web, presumably to get more child pornography, which is a clear violation. Accessing the dark web is a clear violation of his parole. So he was spotted on camera inside a bail hostel where he was asking how to avoid detection when web browsing on a mobile phone. I mean, how into seeing child pornography do you have to be at 78 years old? Glitter was trying to find The Onion, which is a term for the infamous online realm, the dark web, used by pedophiles because it's hard to trace. Honestly, I I think you've listened to me enough to know that I am not an advocate of excessive punishment of people. But I think if you get convicted of being a pedophile, and I'm being sincere about this, I'm not trying to be extreme or sensationalistic, I really do think for men the proper the proper punishment in the, in addition to or in lieu of a prison sentence is chemical castration. I, I sincerely believe that. I must, uh, so Gary Glitter, I do denounce you. I must also denounce Carson Briere. He is the son of Philadelphia Flyers interim general manager Danny Briere. He is apologizing, the son, for pushing a woman's wheelchair down the steps. I am deeply sorry for my behavior on Saturday. There is no excuse for my actions, and I will do whatever I can to make up for this serious lack of judgment. Pushing a wheelchair down the steps is not a lack of judgment. You know, when uh, thinking you can make a yellow light before it turns red and hitting the gas pedal, that's a lack of judgment. 
saying you're saying you're sick so that you can stay home from work, that's a lack of judgment. This is ridiculous. The incident happened at Sullivan's Pub and Eatery in Erie, Pennsylvania. Carson Briere is a junior center on the Mercyhurst University's men's ice hockey team, which is in Erie. And um, there was this video on social media of this student, Carson Briere, pushing an unoccupied wheelchair down a flight of stairs. Now, I mean, what kind of a miserable person do you have to be? I mean, this is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. So uh, I don't know why uh, he would do this. And the woman whose wheelchair this was, lo and behold, she was not too happy. She had no wheelchair. Security took the woman downstairs to use a staff bathroom. And at that point, as soon as she was downstairs... He pushed her wheelchair down the steps. Um, this, I just find this just horrible. Uh, Carson Briere and another friend were kicked out of the bar after security reviewed the camera footage. Carson Briere, I do denounce you. I must also denounce Leslie C. Leslie C. was a bus driver who has, I believe, been fired. She's certainly facing felony charges after she assaulted and choked a student on the bus. Oh, and of course, it's a special needs student. According to court documents, it all began when this bus driver had to reroute due to an accident, and the bus driver refused to answer the kids' questions. Questions like, why are we turning around? And the mother of the child that she choked, who has special needs, said her son became frustrated, became confused, excuse me, and attempted to get off the bus at an earlier stop. That's when C grabbed the student. She grabbed him by the neck, and it's all captured on the bus's uh, video. She grabbed him by the neck, pushed him into the, onto the seats, put her hands around the neck, and started squeezing and scratching. The other students on the bus were trying to pull her off. Police and school officials were called. Uh, At the time, the officers who responded to the scene, they were under the impression that the driver was assaulted. Only once they saw what happened and talked to the students did they learn that this this boy was uh, assaulted. I mean, if you can't be patient enough as a bus driver to not choke the students that you're driving around, probably shouldn't be a bus driver. Leslie C., I do denounce you. I must also denounce the MTA in New York State. Aside from the schedule confusion and marathon transfers, there's a much simpler reason why last month's opening of full service to the Grand Central Madison caused problems for riders. Listen to this. Nearly a quarter of the Long Island Railroad's train cars can't run through the East River Tunnel that serves the station. The MTA has trains and ordered trains that are too big for the tunnel they just constructed. Now, call me crazy, but 
why wouldn't you order trains that can fit into the tunnels that these trains are supposed to be traveling on? Or why wouldn't you construct tunnels that can fit the trains that you want to fit? MTA, uh, there's something that you guys do every week that I could denounce, but this takes the cake. I do denounce you. I must also denounce the keto diet. I know there are a lot of adherents to the keto diet. I know a lot of people say it has helped them lose weight. Well, new research finds that people on a low-carb, high-fat diet like the keto diet have a significantly higher risk of developing heart disease or a major cardiovascular, cardiovascular event. It can double the risk of cardiovascular events like blocked arteries, heart attacks, strokes. So this is uh, very disconcerting because this is one of the most popular diets out there still. And lastly, I want to denounce Wichita, Kansas. If you suffer from Wichita, Kansas, you should absolutely never go to Wichita. If you suffer from allergies, I should say, you should never go to Wichita. The worst city in the United States for seasonal allergies is Wichita, Kansas. And then the report that found this, the 2023 Allergy Capitals Report from the Asthma and the Allergy Foundation of America, it didn't just use data about pollen levels. It also incorporated information about allergy medication usage and the available availability of board-certified allergy specialists. And it came up with the best and worst cities for people with allergies. The worst city is Wichita, Kansas. And the best city for people with allergies, Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York. So it's good news. All right. Um, If you have comments on anyone that I have denounced, you are welcome to give me a call. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. 